1: We're momming today with Ginger Duggar-Volo. Uh, you know her for being kid six out of 19 in the Duggar family from 19 kids and counting. We were just taking a trip down memory lane, my producer Nicole and I. 2008 to 2015, uh, Ginger, y- your family was on the air. Um, yes. Basically grew up in Hollywood. What was that like?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was quite the quite the childhood for sure. Um I want to say initially thanks for having me on the podcast. Of I've listened to some episodes of yours and really appreciate your podcast. And so yeah, it, stepping back to my childhood, it was quite the journey of um knowing just I didn't know anything different, right? So just growing up in the public eye, public spotlight, um it was a fun journey and also um proved to be challenging. I think the older you get, you look back on those years and say, oh, there were definitely some challenges, but I was grateful for all the opportunities that the show provided. Like what? Well, we got to travel the world and um, meet all different kinds of people who really um, just opened my perspective and worldview up to um, a broader view of What life is like in other places and so we traveled to all different countries and i'm just so grateful for all of those years that i had on the tv show what was challenging about all of those years yeah i think uh probably the most challenging part for me would be being in the public eye everything is criticized and um taken to another level you can mean something so innocent and it's taken wrong and um as you're going through those most challenging times as a teen trying to figure out who you are um and people want to know what your everyday life is like you're you're speaking a lot and um as a young teen that can be tough because you can quickly fall into fear of man thinking okay what does everybody expect me to be and um i've just found that to be true continuing into my older years and realizing I don't want to be defined by what other people expect of me i just want to be a christian who loves jesus and to share um my journey with the world because i am in this place of um living a public life and so that's just there were challenges walking through very difficult seasons as a family and everything being so public and that's where i think you realize okay there are um amazing benefits but then it's also very tough to do that publicly
1: is that what helped to inform your book congratulations becoming free indeed is the title Yes.
0: yes um it definitely was something that I had thought about writing for years I initially thought about writing a book when I started on this journey so years ago I was raised in a home where um we followed the teachings of a man um, who did not teach the word of God in its entirety and twisted things very fear-based it left me confused about who Jesus truly was Um, and this book that I've decided to write now it's just my story of how I've had to disentangle truth from error on finding my way to freedom in Christ and so I I know people saw glimpses of my life on the show, and that was a beautiful thing to be able to share. And at the same time, I realized there was a lot that they didn't see behind the scenes of the real me wrestling and struggling with fear and growing up under this teaching. And so I wanted well, to share... Was so, what was so uh, difficult about this teaching? Or if it was so
1: bad, how, did, how were you able to denounce that and still believe in Christ and be a devout Christian?
0: That's a great question. Yeah, I, I think for for me personally, it was um, one of seeing a perspective outside. And so I ended up meeting um, my brother-in-law, now brother-in-law. Uh, his family came into the picture and really gave me a view of what Christianity can look, look like outside of this bubble. So the bubble being um, teachings that were based on um, very legalistic very like outward focus standards of courtship of um of dress of what what kind of places you go to people you hang out with who you don't hang out with things like that that leave you more isolated insulated and um the teachings were so focused on not knowing what's expected of you so you can go to play a sport and you don't know if god's pleased with you or not he could kill you because of that he could cause some terrible things. you to come were told god it. could kill you so he was he taught a lot of things that said like okay you it's correlation equal you know causation um and correlation like go hand in hand so if you think that something is right you may not know what god expects of you that day so you need to be led by the spirit And kind of figure out what God expects of you outside of scripture. Like it was all outside of scripture. It's no, no scriptures based on this, you know? So um, it was fear-based. Like you have to figure out what God expects of you that day and just live by it. Was it a cult? I would say it had a lot of cult-like tendencies. I'm not an expert on that. So I can't say, oh, it it was a cult. It felt
1: like a cult to you.
0: It it definitely had a lot of those tendencies. And that's something that looking back now, I see how how sad it was that a lot of my friends in there felt like if I leave this, I'm abandoning like my whole worldview, everyone I know. Because in such a tight-knit community like that, this person has power. claimed to speak for God. They have so much power, yes. And they claim to speak for God, but they don't. And that's the place where it's like, you think this person's words are the word of God. And so that was something that was so difficult for me. You said, how did I not leave God after all this? Well, it's by the grace of God that I didn't leave because it's so hard to um, separate the the things that you think, okay, well, there's some element of truth here because there might be a Bible verse that was used. That's good but what does that actually mean so this journey for me has been very long emotionally hard exhausting but it's also been so beautiful because I've just spent the last several years really just disentangling like separating what is true from what is false um figuring out I think for me the biggest thing was in all this like how do I read the Bible right like am I going into the Bible to like pick out a verse and say okay, this is what this means because this is what this teacher said, or am I going to read the Bible for itself and let scripture speak for itself in the context of what it means and live my life accordingly? And I think that's the hardest thing for people who grow up outside of even what I grew up in, right? Like there are there are tons of sadly Christian situations where you see teachers who will speak for themselves. They will draw people to themselves, say they're the only element of truth. That you need, and you have to follow them, and that's where I say it was more cult like because you had a teacher, Bill Gothard, who was saying, "Follow my teachings, and i I want you to follow God, but you also should follow me and so his followers also also thought if others did not have his teaching, that they were less spiritual or you know just not there yet and I-
1: I want to know, Ginger, if, if he responded to your book, um, but we'll get that answer. You have a couple of yeah. moments now to think how you're going to yes. respond. Yeah. Well, the today continues right after this. We're back on We're Moming Today with Ginger Volo, uh, author of Becoming Free Indeed. Ginger, has, has Bill responded or had any reaction to you writing
0: about his teachings and how they infa- uh, impacted you? He personally hasn't reached out to me. And we'll see as um, the book is further down the road how everything um, plays out. But so far, no. What about your family?
1: What's the, the, how do they feel about you maybe sharing things that they're not comfortable with?
0: Yeah, it's, it's been something we've been very open with my family throughout the years about our differences. I've had conversations with my parents about um, my beliefs as they changed and sought to show them from the word of God, why I'm changing my beliefs. And so it's been the same with this. When I decided to write this book, I started in the writing process kind of like, okay, I don't know exactly when I want to write this book, but I'll start writing down some thoughts. And then I ended up sharing with them um, that I was writing this book and I wanted them to know um, exactly from their child's heart, right, to hear from my own mouth why I wanted to write this book. And so I, I shared that with them. And I know that we have differences and we're not in the same place even theologically. And so, um, I just, you know, wanted to share that with them and hope that even in this book they can see my heart um in maybe a more raw sense and see exactly how I've gotten to my conclusions where I am today. What was it like to live
1: in a family of twenty one people in the immediate family? <laughs> yes. Oh Christmas man. morning, I, for instance.
0: Yes, yeah, so much fun, right? Like <laughs> it it really was. We grew up in a very happy home. My parents sought to make us um just have a lot of fun. They let us have a lot of fun. And it was very loud, very, very loud. And Christmas day was kind of chaotic. Um, It's just tons of people everywhere, gifts covering the entire house. And we used to buy gifts for each sibling, like each of us siblings would buy a gift for each other. And that just quickly had to end because halfway through we have 12 kids, we couldn't afford it. So um, it's, it's a really fun time. Like growing up with so many siblings, I always had someone to like go play with in the backyard and it was just yeah a lot of fun did your
1: did your mom or dad just forget your names or get completely confused <laughs> by who needed what yeah. and who was
0: who on occasion on occasion they would forget because um they would they would just kind of rattle off a bunch of j names and hope that they got the right one so
1: the j actually makes it harder having all j names but you're a mom now of, of two young girls You physically had two children. Um, Do you ever say, mom, how did you have 19?
0: Oh, yes. The second I had my first child, Felicity, I said, oh, my goodness, my mom was there. She was in the waiting room. I was like, oh, how in the world? How did you do this? I don't know. I think I'm just going to have one child. I don't know how you did this. (laughs) And she said? She she just always says it's by the grace of God I <laughs> get through that but I'm like no she's she's basically like the strongest person I know because that's incredible I know I mean
1: I I just think of anyone with more than I'd say four children and I, I, I say wow I, that, it's it's very difficult to have a child.
0: Oh yeah, girl. You know, it's like it's it's the most difficult thing that um it, things never go back do. like in place. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. It still is taking me I'm 2 years postpartum, you know, after oh, after my baby, my last one and um I still feel like like even working out, I'm like, goodness, it takes so much more out of me to like stay
1: in shape these days. I know. I know. And what I love, love, love about you is that you grew up in the public eye. Um and you have chosen, I mean, now with social media, everybody's in the public eye, right? But you've chosen mm-hmm. not to make your, your daughters part of that.
0: Mm, yes. Yeah, that was a decision that um, initially I was um, on the show and my kids were to be on the show as well, given my, my our setup. And so um, once that ended that timeline, I thought, okay, we're Jeremy and I had talked about it for a while. Um, even prior to having kids like is this something that we want our kids to be on so when Felicity was young she was on the show she was okay I missed that she was just for the first just for the first little bit because that was what was um, decided beforehand and so once that timeline was up we decided okay this is what's best for our family we believe um, I grew up in the public eye so I know both sides of it and although there are beautiful benefits as we spoke about to being in the public eye it's also really tough when you're in those formative years to take the pressure of it. And even unknowingly, like she's, she's only, my oldest is only four. And that's a tough thing to have their life um, seen by everyone, right? Like in picking it apart. And I think as a mom, I want to protect and my husband is the same as a dad. He's like, we, we want to protect our kids, let them grow in their environment without all of the criticism. We know it will come, anyways, because mom's in the public eye, but we thought not putting their faces out there, if they choose to, um, they can have, you know, their their lives in the public eye, but um, we just want them to make that decision.
1: What was the hardest thing you had to go through being in the public eye? Is there one experience that really stands out?
0: Yeah, I would say I share a little bit about that in Becoming Free Indeed, and that's it, it, it's interesting I would say even some of the smaller things that you would look at and say like, OK, that was that that could be tough for someone to walk through like changes as a teenager and all of that. But the bigger things that I think is it's also public. Um, it's it's been so tough for me to like walk through the most challenging seasons of our life. Um, we filmed like my grandma's around my grandma's, you know, funeral, things like that that Ooh. were really, really tough to like um talk about right after it we lost her suddenly and she was a big part of the show and family and all of that. That was tough. But then also my brother um chose to make some decisions that were just so heartbreaking. And walking through the pain of that so publicly, um was tough. How did you address that? Do you still talk to him? Is he in the book at all? So I talk a little bit about him in the book, um, but I don't, I'm not in communication with him. um, And yeah, it just breaks my heart. My heart breaks for um, the families of those that have been hurt by all of these decisions. And yeah, my heart, I I just pray that one day my brother will come to know Jesus truly and um, and at the same time, I'm like, I think the space is, is wise. Um, have your parents addressed that? Well, I think I will let my parents, you know, speak for themselves in, in all of this, because as I've said in the public eye, it's such a unique thing. I felt um, a desire and need to like want to speak, but I will let each person, you know, speak for themselves when they're ready. Do your
1: parents ever say, we wish we didn't do the show?
0: I don't I don't know exactly what their perspective is on all of that you know all these years later I think initially there's a desire to like want what's best for your kids every parent wants what's best for their kids and so hindsight you know you look back and you see was this the best decision I mean I think they made the best decision in the time that they were in um reality TV was such a new thing you have um just the unknowns of that and I believe they made the best decision in that time that they could for their family So I'm not sure all these years later what their thoughts are, um, but that's something that, you know, I would want them to answer for sure. Are there any, um, as you raise your girls
1: and have your own family, are there certain traditions or certain things you did as a big family that you hold dear and you're raising your children in the same way, respecting
0: those traditions? Mm, Yeah, that's a good question. I think for our kids, um, they're still so young. And so we've had these conversations like, what do we want to do with our kids that um, maybe my family did? And what things do we not want to do? And so um, it's kind of fun to like, figure it out. As we go along, I wouldn't say there's like one thing my family wasn't like, super into like all these traditions. Uh, We, we were just kind of like, go with the flow. And so I don't know exactly what things we will continue in, um, but that's just the fun of like having tiny kids. We have a little bit of time to figure it out.
1: I mean, would, for, when they start dating, have you spoken about yeah. how that's going to go down? I mean, are they like we, the internet date? Actually, probably yeah. by the time they're, what's going to be the social dating? I said social media oh, yeah.
0: dating. <laughs> Video probably dating. Everybody I don't know, dating. metaverse dating. <laughs> <laughs> probably everybody is going to be doing that or moved beyond it already. Um, I think for our girls, we just want to point them to um, what the Word of God says. That's something that in Becoming Free and I talk a lot about is like, at what point do we hold to these things because this is what we've always known? And it, and then being, being silent when Scripture is silent is something that I really want to instill in our kids, in speaking when Scripture speaks, because that's something that I think is so important. Because then they won't say... Oh, mom and dad said this, you know, it's like, I don't want them to go off of what I say. I want their, their minds and their hearts to be informed for themselves through the word of God. What Um, what exactly does that mean? Being silent when scripture is? Well, I think that it's so easy. This is what I realized when I was under teaching where a teacher can so easily speak whenever there's a bible verse right a bible verse could say whatever they want it to say so you can take one verse out of the bible out of context and not know exactly what it's supposed to say and teachers can attach onto that whatever they want it to say Mm -hmm. and so that could be so terrifying right like god is a just god and they're like therefore you will burn in hell if you wear this you know and it's like no that's not what that means you know he's also a god of love who who cares for his children as a loving father, he, he draws near to us in our weakness. And there's, there's a balancing element of that. So even in convictions, like I thought that it was sinful for me to wear pants, all of my growing up years, I would do everything in a skirt. And that's, that could be surprising, but everything, literally everything, riding horses, anything. So for for my girls, I don't want to speak outside of scripture and give them my opinions and make my opinions seem like their scripture. That's the last thing I want to do. All that does is confuses children about who God is and what his word actually says. And so that's something that Jeremy and I talk about often. Like it's going to be, it's hard for me sometimes to think years down the road when my kids have opinions of their own that are are so strong and to let go and say, okay, you are old enough to make these decisions. And some of that means they're going to make mistakes. They're going to learn for themselves from their own mistakes, but I don't want to shelter them and form them into this opinion that's outside of the Bible, right? Just because of trying to protect them or keep myself comfortable with where they are. And so that's that's something that we're not at that stage yet, but even in these younger years, like I wanna encourage my girls to um, examine the Bible for themselves. Like even in these young years, teaching them Bible verses is great. And I want them to know that the word of God is going to be taught to them, but it's not going to be based on our opinions.
1: Well said. Ginger, thank you very much for joining us. Congratulations on the book.
0: Thank you so much, Lauren. It's been fun.